I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, September 4, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So what we have today is a gap higher and then basically a grind higher for the most part all day long. Minor pullbacks along the way, but for the most part, it was just a very slow grind higher all day long. The market was about as dead as a disco ball. But that doesn't mean we don't have information for tonight. I have a page full of notes. The market is in a specific position that we will discuss at length. There's a lot of psychology at work. We're going to discuss that at length. And then we're going to throw the ball around the horn. In fact, we're even going to throw it to some players we don't normally throw it to. So we'll discuss some things that are off the beaten track. Let's get back to the S&P 500. Here we'll cover the SPY chart. You're looking at the daily chart. Nothing has really changed from a technical perspective. We have a down move here and essentially a bear wedge, bear flag pattern, bear something pattern that will usually result in a continuation move to the downside. Now we continue to talk about that every single day and here the market continues to go back toward the top end of the range one more time. So that being the case, the first question I ask myself and I'm just trying to use logic, I'm trying to use common sense. I'm trying to take the news out of the equation. I'm trying to take anything out of the equation that can be debated by traders one way or the other. What I want to do is I want to look at this and say, they're up here at the top end of the range again. What's the range we're talking about? Like this, right here. We talked about it last night. It's right in this area, right around 294, give or take. So they're up here again, and the question for me is, why? There's a couple of scenarios. Scenario number one is they're just trying to suck in as many bulls as possible. They're not going to bust out of the top end of the range or above 294. And then they're going to open the trap door and hit them again. That's scenario number one. It's plausible. And we know we can wake up any day of the week to a big gap down. It's certainly possible. It's happened before. And it certainly will happen in the future. The question is... Is that what we're looking at right now, or is that something for later? We don't know for sure, so we have to dig farther. We need to peel back the onion another layer at minimum. Before I mention that, we're going to take a look at some things that are off the beaten track tonight. So here's one of them. It's something that goes back to, in part, what we discussed in yesterday's video. That has to do with the lack of filling of the gap down below. That was yesterday's low coming up short of filling the gap. In yesterday's video, we mentioned they're going to fill one of the two gaps, either below or above, but one will be filled either overnight or first thing in the morning. Then we mentioned that getting into the gap, if it was down below, trading below the gap and continuing to trade underneath the gap would be bearish. Up above, trading above the gap would be bullish. So right out of the gate, when we showed up this morning, we knew what we had on our hands. No mystery, no question marks. We had it pre-planned, no matter which direction they were going. We knew what was bullish, we knew what was bearish, and we knew what was in purgatory. 
But here's the thing. It's not really only the miss of the gap that I'm looking at now. So I was looking at this before, and I was just going over the chart, and I was just looking visually up, down, up, down, up, and here we come down, and we stop. We stop at the 20-period moving average short of the gap. I don't necessarily hold much weight on the 20-period moving average right now. We talked about that over the last couple of days. But what we've done right now, as of yesterday, is broken the pattern, essentially, the up-down, up-down, the chop shop. Doesn't mean anything. You can't do anything directly with that information. It's something I noticed visually, and I put it together with something else that we discussed, I believe, over the weekend video. I'm not sure. It was lows, higher low, higher low. Here's another higher low. All of a sudden, we have a higher low, And here we are testing the highs one more time. So that is, in and of itself, bullish behavior. Now, I have to give credit where credit is due. One of you traders out there brought higher lows to the table this afternoon. So I want to give credit where credit's due. You know who you are. Not going to use any names. I got scolded for using a name before, rightfully so. So I'll just refrain from doing it. But for me, based on everything that we just discussed on the higher lows, the miss of the gap, the broken chop shop pattern, all that put together and being at the highs, again, what are they doing up here if they're not going to either trick trap fool and frustrate everybody, open the trap door and go in the other direction or break out to the upside. So here, everything on the chart is telling us They're breaking out to the upside. Doesn't mean it's a guarantee. Doesn't mean it has to happen tomorrow. But that's what the chart is telling us. It's telling us a breakout is coming. What do we need for that breakout to occur? We need first, at a bare minimum, of hourly closes above 294. We need hourly closes above the high. We need a daily close above the high. If we get both of those, and first hourly, and it could happen even before the day is out, We could get an Electrolux to the upside. What's an Electrolux, you might ask? It's a vacuum cleaner, an iRobot, whatever you want to call it, there can be a suction to the upside. Where are we headed to the upside? Now, last time I asked that question, I didn't answer it. I'm going to answer it today. I'm going to answer it today because, frankly, it's not really a magic number. And whoever's going to steal this stuff is going to steal this stuff. You can only fake it for so long. Either way, it doesn't really matter. There it is. For your viewing pleasure, that's my number. Whether we come up short, whether we spike through it or not, we don't know. We don't even know if we're going to get there. That's the number that comes out of the calculator when I figure out if we get the vacuum to the upside, where are we going? We should hit 297.60. What's the only way that comes into play? A daily close above the old highs. That's it, period, full stop. Without that, there's nothing on the table to the upside. But if we wake up one morning again, like this morning, to another gap higher, in that case, we will be gapping above the old highs. That, once again, is bullish. If, in fact, the market is bullish and it does go up there or somewhere in the vicinity or neighborhood of 297.60, can we make new highs? Is the market going to keep going? What's going to happen when we get there? It's a great question. And for one, obviously with a predetermined amount of risk, but yours truly 
will be shorting the market if we get to 297.60. What happens if we don't get there? We will be looking for signs and a signal of a trend change. Those are things that are taught in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. And keep this in mind, if that does take place, this is a hypothetical, but it is what is going on currently. So it is on the table. But keep this in mind, if in fact you see Wherever we see it, some kind of market reversal, at least you have something to trade against, and that's the proper way to approach the business. You need to understand, know, and identify your risk before entering the trade. You have to know where you're wrong small and fast. It's called having an exit plan, also known as when do I cut and run? What's going to happen if, again, it's a big if, it's a hypothetical, what's going to happen if... The market begins levitating up to 297, 298, somewhere in between. Everybody will be bullish. They'll be hopping on board. They'll be feeling like they're missing the boat. We discussed it the other day. You will have FOMO traders, fear of missing out. These are traders that want to hop on board and ride the momentum as high as they can. You will also have panic buyers out there that will be panicking to cover their shorts. That's forced buying. Panic buying all creates the same scenario, higher prices. Here's something I discuss from time to time. I have a little bit of a unique indicator that not many people have. It's called the email indicator. They come in spurts, and from time to time, I'll get a flood of emails, whether it's short the market, long the market, gold, oil, whatever it is. If something is hot and heavy, for example, in the news or it's hot and heavy because we're at an extreme in the market, my email inbox will light up like a Christmas tree. And when all the questions are different, so be it. There's nothing to glean from that. However, when all the questions, or at least the large majority of the questions, are all the same, there is my email indicator. I can tell very clearly the volume of traders that are short the market right now. I don't have to look at the data. I don't have to look at the puts. I don't have to look at the spider puts, any other puts, any other options chain. It doesn't make a difference. I can tell you right now, the majority of average Joe, you and me, are short the market looking for the big hit. And unless they're making it look really, really good until they pull a rug out, those traders, unfortunately, are looking to get a pie in the face. I know some of you just hit the thumbs down button. That's fine. Who gets the pie in the face? It's not the player that has options out to November. It's the player that have options expiring on Friday. We talk about this all the time. It's the 80-20 rule. If you played weekly options 10 times, you're probably going to lose 7 or 8 out of 10 times. There goes the 80-20 rule. Here's a question for you. What were inside the numbers members told early in the morning? Well, it's quite simple. They were told what the bogey was on the downside, meaning we can't get below for very long and certainly close an hour below 292.50. What was the low of the day? 292.31. We were also opening above a very important number that we had our eye on for a long time. It became a pivot. So the market gapped above a pivot. That's bullish. Where does that pivot come from? Did I make up the pivot? Did I create the number? Did I just make it up out of whole cloth? No, of course not. It's not my number. It's the market's number. And inside the numbers members understand what the number is and where it comes from. 
As the day progressed, we began discussing higher numbers that the market would need to stay above, a number that the bulls would appreciate the market staying north of. And that became 293. So you'll see over here, we made a dive lower, making a low of 293.05, never even reaching 293, taking off in the other direction. Now you might say, well, it's easy to say now, 293 appears like it was tested in the afternoon, so it's easy to say as long as we stay above that, they're good. However, what time did they come in close to 293? Well, it's 14.15 or 2.15 in the afternoon. 12.25 update, at the bottom, the market is quiet, the volume is light, near term, hourly closes above 293, would come in handy for the bulls. This is not after the fact, Jack. This is let's get inside the numbers down and dirty. Keep the ball moving around. Remember, yesterday we looked at the 120-minute chart. We focused in on this reversal candle. Look where the market is. It's testing the high of the reversal candle. Again, it's the same high as those highs across the board around 294. It's just a different look. It's a different visual. We want as many visuals as we can get. Nobody here should have lying eyes. What do we have in Camp IWM? What we have is interesting. It's already of note a puzzle piece and it's on the table. I haven't even told you what it is yet. It's essentially the fact that we were not getting leadership in the IWM today. We didn't have relative strength against the S&P 500. What we had was a lagging market or a lagging IWM against the S&P. It's of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. It's my favorite market leading indicator. Let's sidestep for a second and get back to strictly visuals. Look at the positioning of the daily chart of the IWM relative to the highs. Not the high highs, but the near-term highs. So the same 294 or the corresponding level in the IWM. Maybe it's here, maybe it's up here. It's not the exact same looking chart. It's similar, it's good enough, it's for a purpose, it's for illustration purposes. The point is, look where price is now compared to where the corresponding high to 294 in the SPY is. Now you go back to the SPY and you say, yeah, it's a totally different look. Something is disconnected. There are certainly discrepancies between these two markets. Which one will win? Traditionally, it will be the IWM will win out. It will be the tip-off. It will be the canary in the coal mine. But it can stay disconnected for a couple of days, a week, one day. You don't know. We're just putting everything we know, everything we see, everything we can sink our teeth into on the table. It's all a puzzle. We've got the pieces. We're jumbling them around. We're trying to assemble the picture. It's becoming somewhat clear. What's doing down at the transportation department? So we had two gaps here as well. We had one below and we had one above. We're up above or we went north today. So we'll focus on the one up above. What we have that's interesting is the exact number where the gap resides was not hit today. Is that an accident or a coincidence? Will we trade through it tomorrow? It's certainly possible. I just find it interesting that they didn't fill the gap having the opportunity to fill the gap. So the high is 10,122.35 and the gap for me is officially closed 
at 10,126.98. So we missed it by only a handful of points, but that's not an accident or a coincidence. It was missed on purpose. The question is, was it missed because it's weak, meaning the transports are weak, or was it the trick trap full and frustrate crew just playing games? Can't answer that until tomorrow, but those are the two questions. One will be answered, one will be thrown away. Tech stuff out in Silicon Valley. What's going on in the queues? Do we see anything material? Well, it's interesting that the queues were up 1.5% today, basically. So that's a very positive day. It certainly was leading the market. So it was outpacing the IWM, outpacing the Spiders, outpacing the Dow. The NASDAQ market was the leader today. They're buying growth. They're buying technology. They're buying momentum. Has anything changed from a visual perspective? And the answer is, no, it hasn't. It's the same deal that we've been discussing. That doesn't mean they can't spike up. Absolutely, they can. The question is, will they? I think we're going to find out much, much sooner than later. How about the financials, the XLF? Any trouble in the XLF today? No, it was up 1%. So give or take, it's pretty much on par with the S&P 500. So there's no trouble or warning sign that the XLF is giving us today. Filled its gap above, hanging around up there. It's in a very similar position to the S&P. Not quite the same. I would say it's somewhat of a tweener. It's in between the SPY in terms of a visual look, and it's certainly... Not nearly as ugly as the IWM in terms of its look. But at the end of the day, it's still a bear flag pattern. It can still go higher. They can still trade into the moving averages. And it can still be a bear flag pattern. If in fact they do that. If in fact the market does spike. Think about what most traders, most people, most everybody will be feeling and thinking at the time. Whatever the flavor of the day at the time is, whatever the media-assigned reason is, it will feel like the market is running away without us. It will feel like you missed the boat. It will feel like the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew handed you another shitburger. Why would it feel that way? It would only feel that way if you're not here watching this so that you don't feel that way. How about the SMH? Here's a fine, how do you do? This thing was up about 3% today. Is that telling us the market's going to collapse in the southern direction? Or is it leading in the upward direction? The SMH is a leading indication of the tech sector. The tech sector certainly can be a leading indication of the market. I like the IWM, but there's certainly a lot of traders out there that feel the NASDAQ leads the tape. That's fair enough. It's certainly not a negative any way you want to look at it. So from a visual perspective, from a look perspective, the market is bullish. The market's bullish until and unless we turn around and begin closing hourly and or daily below certain important prices. That hasn't occurred, so therefore the other thing is occurring, which is it's bullish until it's not. We're testing the top end of the spider range. It's very important. Right here, right now, essentially once again, it's showtime. The bulls right here... Have an opportunity to bust through. Let's see if they have enough mustard in the jar. Back to the email indicator. You got to pay attention. We're throwing the ball around a horn. You got to short hop. Roku. I'm getting a lot of questions on Roku. Where can I short Roku is the question. Well, that's an obvious question and it's a fair question because it's way, way overcooked. 
This thing, forget about Beyond Meat. This thing is beyond well done. But the problem is, you don't know where the top is. We could have said the same thing 30 points ago. Could have said the same thing at 100 bucks early summer. So you have to wait for the market to reverse. You have to wait for Roku to put in a top. Then you have something to trade against. Before that, it's a guess, and we can't be in the guessing business. That's not how we use capital. We don't use capital for guesses. Those are called bets. You want to buy a put in something like Roku out in the future, assuming that at some point it's going to come down, that's fine. But understand, it's not a trade, it's a bet, because you don't have an established top in place. And with that, folks, I'm about out of gas tonight, so I'm going to pull the ripcord here. But before I do, I want to make sure that I inform each and every one of you that I appreciate your viewership. Without your viewership, these videos are not possible. Without these videos, I wouldn't get the emails from you telling me about your positive trades, the trades that are working, the money you made. Those are by far the best emails I get any day all day. So with that, we're going to pull the ripcord, give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My strategic forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit mystrategicforecast.com for more information. My strategic forecast is common sense market analysis.